Wow. As you know, if you've been here any length of time, this doesn't happen that often. <laughs> but I'm shipwrecked today. I just, I, I just have, I haven't felt like this in a long time where the Spirit's just like, I've been talking about pain, and I don't think it's a coincidence that pain is so evident all around us today. And I don't mean stubbing your toe when you walk through your living room in the middle of the night and hit the nightstand or whatever, although that is painful. But I'm talking about the kind of pain that It's hard to get up from. And I know many of you have have dealt with pain that has been way beyond what I would consider human capacity. You, You have experienced things that nobody else has experienced. But I want you to understand that your loving Lord and Savior, He is one who can empathize with your pain and your struggle and your suffering. When you take into account that Jesus was sinless, He never committed a sin. How many can say amen? Amen. And yet, who hung on the cross? Who had a crown of thorns pounded onto his skull? Who took the beating that no human usually lives through? And then who was made to carry that beam all the way up to that wonderful hill they called Skull Hill or Golgotha? Jesus, the sinless rabbi, Messiah, God's son. (laughs) He knew that it was coming and he still endured it. That's how much he loves you and me. In one of the old books of the Old Testament, the prophet Isaiah in chapter 53, he, he talked about somebody that suffered a horrendous moment in time. And we believe, most modern scholars believe, that it refers to none other than Jesus, God's Son. And I want to read the words of Isaiah as the Lord gave them to him in, in chapter 53. Who has believed our message To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected. How many in this room have been despised or rejected? I raise my hand. A man of sorrows. How many of you have suffered through sorrows? Amen. Amen. 
acquainted with deepest grief. How many of you have lost somebody? A loved one, a, a child, a brother, a sister. We turned our backs on him. We. Say we. We, we turned our backs on him and looked the other way. Either we didn't want to be a part of that or we couldn't endure watching. Whichever way we turn our backs on Jesus, He was despised and we didn't care. Yet it was our weaknesses that He carried. You hear that? He carried your weakness and my weakness. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. Are you feeling this yet? What you have endured, the sorrows that you have endured, the pain and the suffering that you have endured, weighed him down. And that tells me that Jesus felt every single pain and, and struggle that we have gone through past, present, and future. We thought his troubles were a punishment from God. Ha! A punishment for his own sins. No. He was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we would be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on Him the sins of us all. You heard that, right? When Jesus endured that cross, He felt every single sin that we've ever committed. It was loaded on. One of my favorite Scripture passages, and it, I believe it bears witness here. I'm going to get there. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Why? How could Jesus offer us something like this? Because he already took it on himself. And if, if he carried your suffering and your pain why are you? Why am I? I'm speaking to the choir here today. All of our sins were loaded onto him. There's so much more here in this chapter. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. 
You know, if that was us, you and I would have just been... How dare you? How can you even consider doing this to me? What was Jesus doing? Nothing. He was silent. He took every accusation as though it was his, even though he was sinless. Unjustly condemned, verse 8, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream, but he was struck down for the rebellion of the people. If you're inclined, say, I'm a rebel. And Jesus was struck down for rebels. Verse 9, he had done no wrong. He had never deceived anyone, but he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. But it was the Lord's. Oh. Verse 10, but it was the Lord's good plan. Hello? What was his good plan? I don't know if Jesus would have felt this way right at this moment, okay? When he hung on that cross that day, I don't know if he would have been going, hey, good plan, Dad. The Lord's good plan was to crush him and cause him grief. I don't understand that. This is a God thing. This is how much the Lord loves you and me. That Jesus was crushed under the weight of our sin. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. Now you can get excited. Poke your neighbor and say, I'm a descendant. If you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you're one of his kids. You're a king's kid. He will enjoy a long life. And the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all their sins. Can I get a rousing amen? amen? I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and interceded for rebels. I'm a rebel. Thank Jesus. He paid the price, so I don't have to. If you have your communion elements, get them out. That's what communion is all about. That passage right there. Jesus, on the night of Passover, just before he went to the cross, he spent time with his favorite men. Initially, there were 12 there. Men that he had trained. He said, 
Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They came from all walks of life. No two were the same. And Jesus, and he said this to Peter during the the night of the transfiguration or the day of the transfiguration. He said, Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And you can bank on that. Jesus was referring to himself. He is the cornerstone, but he was also referring to the rock, Peter, who was going to be built stone upon stone upon stone, and that's you and me. That's us. We are all priests in the house of God. And we have been given a mission to take the good news of Jesus Christ and to share it with people who need it most. To take that love that He's put inside of us and to feel empathy for those who are suffering. To feel their pain and to put an arm around them and to say, hey, you're not in this alone. And even though sometimes it may seem like, you know, when we pray, it's just, it just doesn't seem like enough. Do you realize our battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the powers, the principalities of darkness? It's not carnal, it's spiritual. So when we get on our knees and we pray for people, something changes. And that's what God's saying to his church today. Don't forget this. I went to the grave for you. I took everything that you should have paid for onto myself so that you don't have to. And then, he said, all authority has been given to me. And he shares that same authority with his church. Go and do likewise. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them the commands that I've given you. That's what it's all about. And when we take this this little package, and let me just say this, and I'm not trying to reduce it today. When Jesus did this, they sat around a table. It was an intimate environment. When we do it today, it's almost cliche. And I'm sorry for that. Because I think sometimes we've reduced communion to something that's not. But what I do think we can get from this today is simply this. That little wafer represents his broken body. And below that, that grape juice that's in the bottom, that represents his shed blood. And it's a reminder that he has paid the ultimate cost so that we might have life and have it in abundance what are we going to do with it first remember what he did for you and then go and give yourself to this world to the needy to those who need hope amen everybody figure out how to get that top layer out I'm getting better I will say I'm missing the end of this one finger so it doesn't it doesn't help the wafer hallelujah the apostle paul said in 
1 Corinthians 11. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord Himself. On the night when He was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks to God for it. Then He broke it into pieces. And He said this, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Go ahead and eat. And as you open your grape juice carefully, in the same way he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. It's an agreement confirmed with my blood, Jesus said. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Would you stand with me? Lord, we thank you for the blood covenant that was cut, Lord, by the stripes that you endured across your back, by the nails that pierced your hands, Lord, and your feet, by the spear that was thrust into your side. Today, Lord, we have been grafted into the vine thanks be to Jesus and we just want to acknowledge Lord we love you and we thank you Lord for everything you've done for this people and if you didn't do another thing it would be enough but Lord you continue giving to us and giving to us and giving to us even now some 2,000 years after your death burial and resurrection but Lord, we know you're seated at the right hand of the Father. We know that you are there interceding on behalf of your people. You are giving orders, Lord. Angels are being sent out, ministering angels, warring angels. We're not alone. We're in this together. And because of you, Lord, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus our Lord. Today we walk in victory. We stand, Lord, as one people, one body. And we pray, take hold of this church. The hope, E-free, our Baptist brothers and sisters, Lord, the free Methodists, the Methodists, Lord. God, just use us. Use us, Lord, as only you can. Like the potter takes the clay, shape us and mold us and form us into the tools that can be used for your kingdom purpose today. And Lord, I pray that every week as we come back to this building, we, the church, your people, the church, Lord, there's going to be an excitement and energy. There's going to be supernatural releasings of giftings that have not been released up to this point, Lord. Because you want that for us. 
And Lord, I believe it's going to challenge those who'd say there is no God when they see these things. They're going to know that you're doing something. (laughs) And it's going to be hard to dispute that. And we pray in advance, Lord, even now that you would shatter those hard hearts. Soften them, Lord, once again. And draw those people to Christ before it's too late. As we close today, God, help us to know our part. Remind us this week to pray for those in the Ukraine, our brothers, our sisters, Lord, to pray for the missionaries, the governments, Lord, who are working out some kind of deal. We pray peace. We speak it over that that nation, Lord, over that chunk of ground. Peace in Jesus' name. Peace. And may we be faithful until you return for us. Keep us safe in our coming and in our going. And bring us back the next time. In Jesus' name. So, if you've never been to a service like that before, now you know. I did want to say, if if anybody has a prayer, an urgent prayer need today, um, I know our our prayer people would be willing and happy to pray for you. They've already started over here, so uh, just come on up and we'd be happy to pray with you. But other than that, you are released. God bless you. Thanks for coming today.